0: Today, we continue with Matthew 5.13, Jesus tells us to get salty or get out of the kitchen. This is Michael Stevens. This is The Frequency Podcast. Everybody at some point has had a meal that either had way too much salt on it or not enough. And as somebody who enjoys cooking and experimenting in the kitchen with savory foods, uh, as well as baking, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty famous for my cookies. Uh, I know firsthand the importance of salt and what happens if you don't add salt at all. In fact, I'm often let down at nice restaurants because I don't feel like they season the food enough. Now, in the next passage we're looking at, it's Matthew 5.13. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet, which sounds pretty intense, and well, that's because it is. Now, in their day, salt served three purposes. The first had to do with sacrificed. In Leviticus 213, at the Feast of First Fruits, God commanded them to include salt with all of their sacrifices. And the purpose of the salt with the sacrifices is frankly that it made it taste better which was important because the priest's provision of of meat was from the sacrifices that were being offered up and it's nice to note that the lord cared that it actually tasted good for them and told them to put salt on it but even the romans had a saying that there were no two better things than sun and salt and they called salt a gift from the gods in fact, this is this is fun. In ancient rabbinical legends, there's lots of these and when you get into rabbinical text, and I don't put any stock in them, but they're lots of fun to read. There is a conversation between the two waters that were separated in Genesis at creation. And the legend is that one of the waters that was separated lost its salt. So the other water said that it would retain its saltiness so that it could preserve and contribute to the offerings and the sacrifices to the Lord. Now, the second thing it was used for was for preservation and for cleansing. There's not a lot to get into at that. It has preserving properties and cleansing properties. The third is that it was specifically used for taste. And I've I've heard some people say and teach that that people didn't use salt for taste back then. But when you look at rabbinical writings and history a little more deeply, you understand they Absolutely did. In fact, the rabbi said that salt was to be used twice at a meal, one at the beginning and one at the end. The one at the beginning of the meal was for pleasure as they salted and as they broke their bread. Yes, they salted their bread, that they were breaking their bread before the Lord. And the latter was actually for ceremonial washing at the end of the meal. And it was symbolic that they were washing the filth of the sodomites off of their hands from when Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed and Lot's wife turned to pillar of salt. So there's lots of symbolism there, but the point is, is yes, they absolutely used it for taste. And they also certainly used it for ceremonial washings. Now, it's necessary to note, it's important to note, and it's a little revelatory to note that salt doesn't lose its taste without giving its saltiness to someone else. So what Jesus was referencing in regards to throwing out salt referred referred most likely actually it emphatically referred to the use of salt in their ovens you see ovens in Palestines were like brick ovens and they were outside and in order to keep the keep their heat and, and maintain their heat they would actually put a layer of salt on the bottom of the ovens to help with the cooking of their food now eventually the salt would lose its qualities due to the repeated use and the intense heat the high temperatures from the fire and when it had run its course, they would scrape it off the bottom of the oven and then they would throw it out into the street where obviously people were walking and it was getting trampled underfoot. Now, it's also important to remember that while we typically only reference Jesus as the Messiah, that he functioned as the prophet, capital T-H-E, capital P prophet that Moses prophesied about. And this so this was not just a, a personal warning for individuals, but this was really a wake-up call to the people. It was actually a prophetic warning to given to the nation of Israel we see this this warning given later on in the book of Luke as well uh, that they would be trampled underfoot and you know you might be saying gosh he said one little thing and he he said a ton here well yeah he did that's one of the most amazing things i found is that when you study the rabbis especially jesus uh, they had the ability to say so much with so much impact with so few words which is something i think me personally we could all learn from as well but I definitely feel the weight of that." Or they could even throw out a single word and in part and parcel due to the people having such a long intimate knowledge of the text themselves, it would their minds immediately, one statement could connect multiple passages and connect that revelation to an everyday occurrence like someone cleaning out their oven. So one little phrase, one little parable, one example could speak volumes from the Tanakh, the Old Testament, and it could give them a constant daily reminder of something that they were seeing on a, on a daily basis. And the more you study the text yourself, you're gonna to start to find this happening in your own. every Everyday conversation, messages you hear, songs, podcasts, things like that, you're gonna find that your mind starts to go to the text while you're listening to someone else because you're becoming so intimately and, and consistently acquainted with the word of God that the words of people start to bring to remembrance, remembrance the things that you've read yourself. So there is a practical takeaway for us today. Obviously, he said, we are the salt of the earth. Now, collectively together, only together, we're of very little value. I'll give you a, an example. No one has ever sat down to dinner, and for dinner ordered a plate of salt with a side of salt, and then seasoned it with salt, because salt put on itself isn't valuable. It, it's just salty. It's not. It's not adding value to anything. The way that you add the way that you add salt to something or to someone. Is to bring out their best qualities in the same way the salt on the sacrifices brought out the meat's best qualities. And your value in being salty is found when you give your salt away to someone else to bring out their best. In other words, as Christians, we we tend to huddle around each other the majority of the time. And I'm all for that. However, I would like to encourage you to be intentional about being salty, not the sassy salty, but being salty in your place of work, in the grocery store checkout line, wherever you are bring out the best qualities of the people around you. And in that, you will actually become useful salt and be the salt of the earth, not the salt of yourself or your family or or your children or your church or the salt of other Christians, but actually the salt of the earth to bring out its best qualities. And there is a clear warning at the end. He says that he wants to use you. You've been designed to be used by the Lord. You've been designed to bring out the best in others. You've been designed to, to bring out the image of God that they were created in. And when you when you do that, he sees it like the priest, he sees it as a sacrifice offered up to him. Up to him. But for the salt that becomes of no use, he will find someone else that will be for that person or for that purpose. Thanks for listening. This is Michael Stevens. This is The Frequency Podcast. <laughs>